We spend far too much time worried about what makes us different than the next person or better than the next person and not enough time thinking about why we should respect the next person. We all have a story, an overarching theme that runs through our lives and makes us who we are. The problem is, we think that since each of our stories is different, there's not a lot of perceived value or shared struggle. But we have far more in common than we can imagine, and what motivates one person can certainly help us as well. The Third Lab Podcast is about understanding, respecting, and appreciating the struggle that it takes to overcome immeasurable odds in order to reach your destiny. Join me as I interview and bond with some of the most inspiring and incredible people, diving into their why to get a full understanding of their being. Without each other, we have nothing. So let's go on this adventure together and take on the future with open minds and open hearts. Welcome to the Third Lap Podcast. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever video third live, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we've been doing the audio for the longest, um, but this is the first like live video, John. So excited about this. I had to bring the homie Don through, oh, man. man. Had to make sure, you know, yeah. I brought somebody through. We was gonna do an audio one, and then today, I was like, yo, pull up with me. We at Rec Philly right now, chilling, uh, putting in work. So, you know, Don came through. Um, you know, so definitely excited today for this episode. I'm here with Donovan Forrest, um, educator, you know, organizer, turn educator, I should say. And then now he's making this transition into policy, um, a space that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. Education policy is is interesting yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and a lot to learn in this space. Mm-hmm. But Don, man, how you doing today? What's good with you? I'm doing good, Miles. Thank you for uh, having me. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful place. Yeah. Super excited to be here. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can drop some jewels on the people and uh, let's get started, man. Yeah, nah, I, there's no doubt the jewels gonna come, man. You know, it's nice outside today. We was both talking mm-hmm. about how that helps with the seasonal depression. Um, mm-hmm. Shouts out to Tim Massaquai, Mind Your Mentals podcast. Make sure y'all taking care of y'all mental health as well. Um, it's getting nice out, so that's always a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, yeah. How do Don and I know each other? So, I actually met Don, it's been like almost three years, yo. Cause four, actually, years. four years. Four years. We connected yeah. before the um, pandemic. Way, way before. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I had reached out to Don. I had come across him on social media. I saw he had his Don Cares nonprofit. I really enjoyed, like, the work he was doing with Temple students and giving back. Yeah. Um, so I connected with him, actually, at one of his school sites. We was chopping it up, stayed cool. Yeah. Um, I came and did, I saw a picture, matter of fact, social media reminded me. We did that resume job we at did. high school. We did. Yeah, we so did. I came through, did a resume yeah. revamp yeah. with Don. And the students, that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, man, that's how we got a chance to know each other. We've been pretty much rocking ever since. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, been just checking in with each other, making sure everybody's situated and good through this pandemic. But yeah, anything you want to add? Uh, it's just a pleasure knowing you, man. I mean, the work that you've done, the growth that you've kind of like, you know, really embraced. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. I remember when we were talking about like what some of our passions were, right. and you you applied it uh, during the pandemic. I mean, and it's blown up into something impactful uh for the people man so um, i have to salute you on that man yeah i appreciate yeah. you it's funny yeah we this was well before i really got into the podcast and in the, and the things that i'm doing now um but yeah appreciate you and so this the rep your hood section bro what hood you rep i'm in uptown north philly man yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. It i mean is. they say like if you live above or like north of city hall that's that's north philadelphia man yeah. so we're like upper north philadelphia uh, born and raised, man. Nice town, Tioga section. Yes, sir. Nice town. Shouts out to Nice town. Shouts out to North Philly. Shouts out to Philly in general. Yeah. Um, you know, two on five stand up. We just got James Harden. I'll add it. Seventy sixes. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. And so yeah, Don. I mean, you know, we we got the the pleasantries sort of out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, this yeah. is really my chance to sort of turn the podcast over to you, though. Yeah. So yeah, man, talk to us. You know, where would you say like? your story starts. When you think about like Don's origin story and like yeah, yeah. what the foundations of who you are today, what does that really start? Where did that begin? Yeah, so uh, thank you for that question, man. Like when I think about like Donovan Forrest, the man, um, the boy turned man, uh, man turned community organizer and an educator and then eventually getting into the policy space, uh, my story really starts, you know, like the moment I was born, right? Yeah. You know, my, my birth family, um, I've been, you know, I had the pleasure of being adopted by God-fearing, uh, educated family. Um, but my birth, my story was a loud beginning. Um, I, I usually call it a loud beginning um, because my birth mother was addicted to crack cocaine, right? Um, you know, and when I was in the womb, I was dependent on drugs as well 
So when I was born, it was a, it was a really challenging experience. Um, all the way up into adolescence, I had a lot of behavior issues, and it was hard trying to find my place in the world because you know, as a black man that has these these differences, you know, like not trying to be seen as a as a bad person or or a criminal or you know somebody that just needs a lot of help, but somebody that just needs to be loved on and somebody that just needs to be supported by the community. Um, you know, my story really starts there. Um, yeah. Born and raised. North Philadelphia, Abbotsford. Uh, I was born in Abbotsford section of North Philly, right off of, uh, Ridge Avenue, uh, like Hunting Park, yeah. going west. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, when you think about that, uh, you know, your life can either go one or two ways. You know, you can end up in jail or dead, or some miracle can happen, and you can end up, you know, going to school, helping, giving back to your community. Um, so that's pretty much where my story starts. Uh, you know, when people ask me who am I, I tell them I'm somebody that, you know, has overcome a lot to become the man he is today. Worked hard to get my degree and also worked hard to give back to my community, um, which I hope to still do in the future, so. Yeah, and let's talk about you growing up, right? Cause yeah. like, you give back. You, yeah. you was working at a high school that you went to at one point. Yeah. But talk to us about like that high school age. Cause like, I got a chance to know you and, and found out that like, you weren't always the well put together yeah, dude exactly. that we see yeah. today, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> it was like yeah. myself, like, you know, yeah. we had yeah. to go through these evolutions and transitions. Yeah. But yeah, talk to us about high school, you know, talk to talk to us about being a student. What was that like? What, yeah. what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in, uh, you know, uptown, like upper, like Ione area, went to school in Ione. Um, I went to four different high schools. You know, I was fortunate in ninth grade to start out at a Catholic school. Um, and that school closed down, so I ended up transferring to Northeast High School. At Northeast, I had a lot of behavior issues. I transferred out of there. I went to uh, alternative school in Coatesville, uh, Chester County Intermediate Unit, came out of CCIU. And for my fourth year, my senior year, I actually went to uh, Samuel Fells High School. So I went to four different high schools, one school each year. Um, primarily because of just like chance and also behavior issues, but yeah. that journey kind of uh, shaped me into somebody that saw a lot of different ways that people live. You know, I saw how the other side lived on the other side of the railroad tracks. Uh, when I was in Coatesville riding a school bus from Coatesville to Downingtown, um, I saw uh, cookie cutter houses, you know what I mean? Like big town houses, everybody had a basketball court. I had a chance to see that and I also had a chance to see how people were living in my community when I went to Fells High School, yeah. you know walking a mile from Roosevelt Boulevard to the high school, seeing people where they lived. I had friends that lived in the projects uh, in North Philadelphia. Um, and so that worldview and those experiences actually shaped um, the way that I saw the world um, because I myself coming from North Philadelphia, um, you know, I often say that my North Philadelphia roots run deep. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was younger, you know, you could obviously see that I'm not, you know, I'm not, Dressed, you know, I'm not dressed like an urban guy, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, you know, I have my cardigans on, I have my, you know, my jeans and my Kohans, but when I think about that, like, and how I've always been, um, you know, I got bullied a lot. So mm. when I say that my North Philadelphia roots run deep, Kevin Hart's mother was actually one of my first mentors. Okay. Um, her name was Nancy Hart. She died from cancer, um, I think, when I was about 11 years old, um, but she actually fought off a family from Allegheny. Um, when I was going to Sunday school um, at my church. And, you know, there was one instance where um, this family was like bullying my brother and I. This one little girl said something to me. I went to the car, I was crying to my mom, and my mom told Miss Nancy Hart. And Miss Nancy Hart told the girl off, and they never messed with me again. And that was my experience with Kevin Hart's mom before I even knew who Kevin Hart was. Because, you know, nobody knew who Kevin Hart was in 2003. Right. Um, <laughs> like, that's no shade. I'm just saying, yeah. like, nobody knew who he was coming from North Philadelphia. So, that's how deep those roots really run. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And so, you know, you you went to four different high schools, yeah. um, and I feel like usually that trajectory doesn't necessarily lend itself to college, right? Right, right, right. And right. so, you know, was college always something that you thought of? Is that always was that always like an end goal and result for you? You know, how did you end up settling on like, yo, I'm a, despite all of these difficulties from birth, being addicted to crack, yeah. all the way to having to go to four different high schools and all of those different transitions? How did you make that decision? Like, yo, you know, I'm gonna make this jump and still keep pushing forward. Yeah, that's that's a great question because I guess when I was in high school, the experience was so adverse, you know, landing in placements and things like that. Um, there was a teacher of mine in 11th grade who handed me a folder because I used to like to write a lot, a lot of creative writing, you know, whether it was a poem, whether it was a short story. Um, when I was in these experiences and in these places that I was being held, I used to write a lot because it was the only thing you could really do. 
And I had a, a teacher of mine, you know, give me a notepad that had Westchester University on it. Okay. Um, and it was a it was a notepad with this folder with the seal Westchester, and I never forget. And that was my first experience, like thinking about college being possible. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was 16 years old. And then when I was 17, um, I had this dream to just go to Millersville University. Um, my reason for going to Millersville University wasn't really anything deep. Uh, I saw some girls that I liked, and I said, hey, like, <laughs> let me let me apply to Millersville. Hey, some, be- some, some, beautiful, <laughs> some beautiful Philly girls, man. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I, I want to go to that university. Ended, <laughs> ended up applying. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, but... That was my first experience going to college. Uh, going to college. So talk to us about Millersville, right? Like you know, because yeah. I think a lot of people could relate to that. Like I failed out my first year of college. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I went and I was having a good time, smoking, drinking, partying, hanging out with all types of people, yeah. and straight failed my first year. So yeah, you yeah. know, talk to us. What were some of the difficulties that you experienced at Millersville? Yeah. So some of the difficulties was just a lack of preparation uh, yeah. for the real world. Uh, once I went off to college, it was the first time that I was taking care of myself as a young adult where I didn't really have uh, adults, like I had adult support from a far away point, vantage point, but I never really like knew how to take care of myself like in the real world. You don't know what it's like until you get out there. So um, just adjustment for the real world, you know, how to deal, how to communicate with people um, that you may have differences with. I mean, I just thought it was the community that I came from. So if I had a disagreement, it, it oftentimes, you know, got into this verbal argument that could have turned into a fight. Right. Didn't know how to deal with that. Didn't know how to communicate with girls, um, so I was dealing with a lot of the challenges with that. Um, academics, I wasn't really prepared for the rigor of college. Um, just because Millersville is a state school doesn't necessarily mean that it's uh, like like a lower um, academic, uh, you know, rigor. Uh, and Millersville was a great school with a lot of great professors, um, and so I just wasn't ready for the whole college experience in, in general. Um, and you know, that it led me to, you know, not doing so well my first semester. I think I got. Uh, two C's and two W's my first semester of college. Yeah, yeah, I like got four W's, yeah. bro. Yeah, I got a bunch of withdrawals. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it was. Yeah, yeah. And so, but you know, you stand here as a college graduate, or sit here, I should say, as a college graduate. You know, have persisted on to a really dope program at Penn. Yeah, where yeah. You focused on policy, and so how'd you bounce back, bro? Right, like how'd you get yourself back on track? How, how'd you figure out, you know, okay, let me keep going, and then ultimately, how'd you decide or land on Temple? Yeah, so Jay-Z said the, the genius thing that we did was we never gave up. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was the sole reason why I was able to go to Temple was because, you know, it's funny because when I was at Millersville, my uh, my second year there, I was a resident assistant. Okay. Um, so I was an RA up in Millersville, and it was, a, it was a challenge trying to balance being an RA with, like, academics and social life and just mental health and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, my second semester of sophomore year, I was 19 years old. I dropped out three three weeks before the end of the semester. Mm. Um, my mom, I called my mom because I needed to get some some chino pants for an internship I just got at the credit union. Yeah. Um, and we were about to go to the mall and instead of going to the mall that morning, because um, my mom drove from Philly you know, to back to Millersville, um, I just put my stuff in the car and just drove home. Mm. And I said, I, I'm done, you know what I mean? I was done with college. And you know, it took a few weeks, but I was like, hey, like, let me try it again. Let me try to go to Temple uh, apply to Temple and transfer with, you know, I have a solid GPA. I had a 3.0 GPA at the time. Um, and I was like, hey, like, I want to be a high school teacher, so let me just pursue uh, high school educa- or s- secondary education and history yep. at Temple. And I transferred in um, and entered in the fall of 2015, graduated uh, five years later, spring 2020. Oh man, congratulated. And you know, I got a chance to know you through the back end of the program, you know, as you persisted through. Um, And so, yeah, man, what was Temple like? So you you had that experience at Millersville. You know, Temple's education program is really well known here in Philadelphia. Pump out a ton of teachers into the district, into the neighboring, you know, suburban schools and and charter schools here in the city in the greater Philadelphia area. But what was the experience like at Temple? Man, how was my experience? I would say that it was uh, really impactful. not because of only the work that I've done, but the work of the people around me um, that you know were actually engaged in the community. Yeah. Uh, when I was at Temple, man, it, it was it was it was a challenge because I wanted to get my degree, and that was the biggest that was the biggest uh, priority at the time. But a lot of people looked at me and said, "Hey, like because you're doing the organizational stuff, the community organizing, like when are you going to graduate? That's your number one priority." And I said, "No, I got this." 
but my community also comes first because I realized that coming to college was something that a lot of people in my community barely even dreamed of. Yep. Being able to get to your junior year of college was something that was like unforeseen in a lot of community spaces I was in. Right. So the fact that I got there, I said, hey, I have to reach back and grab a few folks, you know what I mean, through the nonprofit program. Yep. And uh, so we did that for five years. Um, and then we're at a kind of a standstill looking to pivot uh, in the upcoming years. So. Hey everybody, so I have some really exciting news. The Third Lab podcast is actually expanding. And so I'm in the process of putting together a co-author book called The Third Lab, Transformational Stories of Life Experiences That Make Us Better. And this is a great opportunity for anyone that's looking to get published for the first time, or if you've been published before, this is a great opportunity to, well, not have to write a whole book yourself. And so if you're interested in learning more about the product, the program, the opportunity, feel free to reach out to me at maldavis21 at gmail.com, or feel free to reach out to me through the socials for the third lap. Really excited about this program, really excited about this opportunity, and really excited for you all to come and join me. So again, if you have any questions, want to learn more, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Each one, teach one, we all learn together. Peace. Yeah, so talk to us, right? Because like, you know, community organizing is a big piece of who you are. Yeah. Like, educator definitely plays yeah. a, a role in that, you know, aspiring to get into like the ed policy space where I'm sure you'll be a rock star like you are with everything that you do. But talk to us about Don Cares, yeah. right? Like in and of itself, it's, it's a dope idea yeah. taking Temple kids, like Temple students yeah. to yeah. mentor yeah. high school yeah. kids. Yeah. You incentivize them through all types of different things. You know, you had your social media game jumping. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a really dope thing that you did yeah. while simultaneously pushing through and persisting to graduate from yeah, college, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not like you finished. Like, you were still in the process the same yeah. way everybody else was. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so first, you know, how did you organize yourself? Because you mentioned, like, Millersville being an RA and and, and yeah. having to juggle all those things was really hard for you. But you successfully did it at Temple, right? Yeah, yeah. And so first, you know, sort of how did you come up with the concept of Don Cares? Yeah. And then how were you able to find the space for all of these different things that you were doing simultaneously? Yeah, so, uh, well, Don Cares of Philadelphia Incorporated was a school-based nonprofit of colleges of color who provided free tutoring and mentoring services to high school students in the school district of Philadelphia, primarily in North Philadelphia. So we aim to increase representation in youth mentorship by matching high school students at the youth school with college students of color one-on-one mentors. Um, we did that for five years from September 2015 to December, uh, to September 2015 to about May, May, June 2021. But, you know, through that experience, you know, the, the fact that I was a college student was, I think, one of the greatest motivators for a lot of people yeah. um, because, you know, I, I was really big on history. Um, yep. And, you know, if you look at the civil rights movement, you know, our history doesn't start during slavery, but yep. we, we have persisted through a lot of different things within the last hundred years. And, you know, I was really inspired by uh, Ella Baker. Um, Ella Baker was a civil rights activist who did a lot of things, but, you know, one of her most notable accomplishments was founding uh, the, student the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee um, on, in uh, 1960 um, on the campus of Shaw University. And the Student Nonviolent, student nonviolent Coordinating Committee was an organization that aimed to use nonviolent tactics to integrate uh, you know, the South, you know what I mean? So they did a lot of stuff when it came to, um, what's it called, lunch counters, um, interstate busing and things like that. But the fact that college students were leading that and the young people were actually leading that, uh, I think really inspired me and also the teachings and the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so I did a lot of reading, a lot of history. I was guided a lot by that work. And I decided to say, hey, you know, while I'm in college, we have the power to make the difference that we want to make in our community. So, you know, I just began talking to people. I said, hey, I have an idea for a community organization that can up uplift kids um, because I have a passion for working with inner city youth. And, uh, you know, we just started to kind of put this program together, you know, that would specifically mentor high school students. And uh, we did that. Um, you know, it was challenging, a lot of different challenges that came up, but, you know, we, we ultimately did it and a lot of kids were positively impacted. Yeah, absolutely. Shouts out Ella Baker. Shouts out Snake. Yeah. Um, let's talk about those challenges, though. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you and I had a lot of yeah. conversations yeah. about the challenges. Yeah. 
um, you know, definitely about the success. Like, you won tons of awards at Temple. You yeah. know, you were really recognized for the outstanding work that you did. But, like, behind the scenes, yeah. you was yeah. managing yeah. a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, I was. I was managing the politics yeah. and the yeah. people, the personalities. Of, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, sitting at the top, right, like, yeah. you have this vision. You built out the board, right? You built yeah. out all of these people that work for you. You had your volunteers. You had your students. You had to work on fundraising. Like, you had all of yeah, these different yeah. components. You know, how did you, A, deal with the different components, right? So, yeah. delegation. How did you figure out, you know, how did you go through the hiring process to bring people on? Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, when you had to manage difficult conversations, what was your approach to that to be able to, like, make sure that Don Cares continued to move forward, yeah. even if it meant maybe losing friendships and things yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, I think that the number one thing that drove, like, I just drove our success through the challenges um, because it's, it's real. I mean, when we think about things that are successful, a lot of people don't want to talk about the challenges. Yep. Like, when we're on LinkedIn, all we see is job opportunities. You know, oh, I just got yep. I just got uh, promoted. I just got a new job. Yep. I just got married. You know what I mean? I just had a child. Got well, we don't, we don't see how many attempts it took to make the child. We don't see how many times I failed to start a business. We don't see how many times I got rejected from a job yep. that I really wanted. Um, and I think that that's the thing that I'm glad that you touched on because I did lose, I did lose friendships. I did have people talking about me behind my back. We did have times where you know we had zero dollars in the bank account. We had to find a way to fundraise for some pizza right. um, for an event that was happening tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that pushing through those challenges took a lot of faith, um, but it also took somebody that was uh, headstrong um, and, and stubborn uh, at times. You know what I mean? I oftentimes, I you know, you remember me when I used to walk around with the overcoat on and the fedora hat and the yeah, feather. Yeah. That that, <laughs> that honestly, that was that was my personality. Yeah. Um, but because because I was serious about the work that I was actually engaged with, and I, mm -hmm. and I, I was taking shots, man. Yeah. I was taking I was taking little little shots, you know, in the in the community. But I knew enough people that did the work before me to know that I wasn't alone in the work that I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I knew that uh, you know I had a lot of people rooting me on. Yep. Uh, in the work, and uh, you know, there were a lot of people that had that same personality, like Cecil Bassett Moore. Hmm. You know, he was a United States Marine. He didn't take any nonsense. You know what I mean? So, you know, you just have to have a, a vision, and if you have a good, strong enough vision, uh, more people will come support that than uh, won't support it. So, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think talking about you or talking to you. We also got to talk about mental health. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's funny. Like I'm sitting here, we doing this interview, and I'm like, man, we've talked about so much of this yeah, stuff exactly, online. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you and I really ended up also connecting around like the struggles with mental health. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, yeah. talked a lot about even when we first started coming in, seasonal depression. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, yeah, being yeah. balled up and it was kicking <laughs> out behind. Yeah. You know, yeah. up to this point. Yeah. But yeah, man. You know, you also had to keep. Your mental health, yeah, yeah, as a priority, yeah. Um, and and I want to commend you. You know, you've yeah. given me my flowers, but I want to give you yours too. Oh, man. You've done a lot of work, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. like when I first met you, mental health wasn't really a part of the conversation. It wasn't, like that. yeah, yeah. You know, and then you had a couple hiccups along the way, yeah, a couple yeah. setbacks along the way, where yeah. it was like, yo, you came to me and was like, well, how do you? manage all exactly. that like how do you yeah. prioritize it you know yeah. i kicked you a couple of the major mentors yeah. and me and yeah. you, we just sat down and ate and just yeah, talked exactly. yeah on yeah. the phone just yeah. talked about a lot of things but yeah talk to us man you know how did you really get to a point where your mental health meant more than a job yeah. you know meant yeah. more than maybe a career yeah. opportunity meant more than really anything because you know you figured out that without being in a strong space mentally without minding your mentals yeah exactly with the plug in mm -hmm. um, but without, <laughs> without minding your mentals you wouldn't get to where you was trying to go exactly yeah yeah now that's a, that's a great question um i think that when we also talk about all of our accomplishments and everything that we're doing, it's important to talk about who you are as a person yeah. um, and what, what, what different challenges you're dealing with because I believe that transparency saves lives. Um, as, a, you know, as somebody who would think at 26 years old, he's relatively um, proud of some of the things that he's accomplished. You know, at the same time, you know, I'm somebody that struggles with mental health. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say that proudly because it's real. It's real life. And it, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. This is physical and mental, um, you know, <laughs> at the same time. So um, when I think about mental health as a whole, um, I was luckily, and I say luckily because I was fortunate to get the mental health services, um, but I was luckily diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder. Okay. Um, and when we think about bipolar 1 disorder, there's a lot of different challenges that you deal with with that. Yep. There's your depressive lows, there's your manic highs, and right. there's some of your hypomanic highs as well. Um, but bipolar 1 is very dangerous because yeah. if it's left unchecked, you know, you can end up in a morgue. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You can end up in a morgue, you can end up hurting your loved ones, you right. know. And so, you know, those challenges are something that I really, you know, I really try to have conversations with about people, not coming from a sympathy or a sad or depressed perspective, but a perspective where, hey, you know, mind your mentals, yeah. you know, better, you know, you know, better, better said than done. Uh, when you think about mental health, so, you know, in college, mental health was a big challenge that I dealt with a lot. You know, I lost a lot of weight in college, you know. I started gaining the back maybe a little bit too much, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know it, it was the biggest. Uh, it was something that you know I really had to uh, check if I wanted to continue the work that I was doing, yeah. um, in whatever you know way I was doing it. So I think that you know when I graduated from college, the pandemic hit, and we were in the time when the George Floyd protests happened. So George Floyd was killed um, in front of everybody um, on national news. And it shook, it shook the entire world. Um, you know, people hit the streets, um, you know, in, in so many different proactive ways, um, in so many different ways, just letting out their frustrations. Yep. Um, you know, at the time, I think it was, what was it, late, late May, early June, my entire community was like burned down, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'll never forget, I was trying to go get something for my cell phone and a T-Mobile was boarded up. Like, it was, it was 10 o'clock on a Wednesday and everything was closed. Um, because the night prior they were bombing ATMs and you know things like that, you know. Um, but during that time, it became so much that I I, I had to get help. Yeah. You know, I was forced into getting help instead of just doing something that you know would keep maintenance. You know, I had to do something as a as a last resort. Yeah. Um, and you know, for, instead of preventative measures, I had to be reactive and trying to get services. Um, so I ended up reaching out to my uh, a neighborhood clinic and ended up getting therapy and ultimately ended up getting on some medications that actually work yep. um, for, you know, keeping me, you know, together um, in a lot of ways. So, you know, I'm really blessed, you know, to say, you know, I'm here with Mile talking about these things, but, yep. you know, it's real, um, you know, and I think that any black man that's out there dealing with it, know that you're not alone and know that there there is hope and there is there's light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to, you know, drive through it, you know what I mean? Yep. So sometimes you have to just, you know, you know, do what you're most afraid to do um, ultimately, so that you can live your best life. Um, and I think that as black men, we don't necessarily believe that living our best life is for us. We tend to think it's for women or people that look, don't look like us, right. but we have, the, we have the right as, as somebody that's alive and somebody that's, you know, ancestors have toiled the soil um, to make sure that we're here today. Um, we have an we have opportunity to live our best lives if we're willing to pursue that, so, you know. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, nah, man, that's, that's, that's a real eloquent and beautiful way to put it. And I, I could relate to the not feeling like it was something that was worthwhile, like, you know, that I had convinced myself I wasn't worth joy, mm, right? That, yeah, like, yeah, joy yeah. was something that I didn't deserve. Yeah. I told myself that repetitively to the point where it sunk in. And so, yeah. you know, I never really worried about joy. And then definitely when I started working and, and got into, like, the career pathway that I'm on in education, I was never thinking about joy, yeah, yeah. right? And I, I will never forget it. Shout out to Shadeen Francis, my wife and I. She's our couples therapist. And we were sitting in a couples therapy session before the pandemic, so it was a couple of years ago. And we were talking about joy, and I just like that stopped. I'm like, yo, who got time for joy? I'm trying to get to the bag. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I got all this stuff to worry about. And she stopped me and was like, you know, hit me with the like, black joy is a revolutionary act. Yeah. And she was like, you know, we were never meant to feel it. We were never meant to immerse ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. And like, black joy is a smack in the face of white supremacy. Now, if you know anything about me, you tell me that's something to disrespect white supremacy. I'm <laughs> on yeah. that. Like, yeah. so, you know, when she told me that, it really helped me reformulate my thought process and yeah. helped me get to like gratitude and joy and like really taking time to appreciate where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so to your point, like, you know, as black men, we tend to just be going, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. you know, especially because so many of us started off behind. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. we feel like we gotta catch up. Even you 26 and you ahead of a lot of 26 mm -hmm. year olds, but mm -hmm. you still feel as though you started off behind because yeah. of how you was born, you yeah. mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, yeah, man, you know, folks listening, make sure that you prioritizing your mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like you mentioned with with uh bipolar and yeah. you talking to me about the hypermania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm listening to these stories like, yo, what? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I got my depression and so yeah. I'm usually at the bottom of it. Yeah. I couldn't imagine the manic oh, yeah. shit. Oh yeah. Right, oh, like yeah. the and the mania. 
Yeah. It's real. It is. Um, it's and so, a break from reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff you was telling me that was happening while you was in the manic states, and yeah. I'm just like, I just prayed on it, man. Yeah, like, yeah. yo, make sure my young boy good, because, yeah. you know, in the end of the day, you did the work, though. Yeah, you yeah. found a therapy, you know, you, you managed this mental health piece yeah. so that, like, you can put all the other pieces together. Yeah. And so, you know, we sit here today, we chopping it up. Um, what, what are you doing right now, bro? You mentioned, like, yeah. you know, community organizing, mm -hmm. the transition into education. Now, you know, moving away from education, at least in this, like, more technical form, yeah, yeah. to parlay that into policy. Um, and so what's up with the policy piece, man? What do you see yourself, what, what you got going on right now? Yeah, so uh, that's a, thank you for that question, man, because, you know, nonprofits are my first love. Yep. You know, running a nonprofit, I mean, I, I had so much fun with it as, as well as the challenges, but I had yep. so much fun with it. Um, and I'm currently at uh, University of Pennsylvania uh, studying uh, the, for my Master's of Public Administration yep. at the Fellows Institute of Government. Yep. So I kind of went for, for, uh, full circle when it comes from Fel Samuel Fells High, High School, School to, to Fells Institute yeah, University of Pennsylvania. Right. And it's a, it's a stark difference, you know yeah, what I mean? This oh, is a really absolutely. stark difference. Yeah. And I think that, you know, come going to UPenn, pursuing a Master's of Public Administration, ultimately I want to lead a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to lead a nonprofit in the educational space um, looking to, you know, these are ambitious goals, but I, you know, I believe that it's possible. And we've been talking about it for a while now, um, but pursuing, uh, you know, living in New York City, um, you know, where that job market is booming, um, with the opportunity to serve diverse populations is, yep. is astounding. And I think that that's something that I'm interested in doing within the next two years, um, is pivoting to New York. I currently work in New York City, uh, virtually, um, in the Bronx, doing some type of educational stuff there. And I'm also working as a policy and program um, fellow at a local nonprofit organization uh, that's, you know, government-based. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of different moving parts, but I'm, I'm blessed to uh, be able to manage them all, so. Hey, so I'm really excited to announce the first ever advertiser for the Third Lab podcast. And of course, it's the homie Teddy Gandy and his team from Blacks Apparel. Blacks is a clothing company that focuses on black reality, both past and present. They share daily blacks or black facts, quotes, and content regarding black reality through their social media. So stop by the store at blacks.com. That's B-L-A-C-T-S.com to check out the Blacks basic tees and all of their inventory. Blacks also uses its platform to collaborate with local artists. So keep an eye out for their limited edition tees and apparel. Make sure to use the promo code third lap for 10% off your first purchase. I mean, really what you waiting for? Get the blacks.com third lap for 10% off your first purchase. Support the homie Teddy, support the podcast. Let's go. Yeah, nah, for sure. Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about New York. Um, yeah. Shouts out to the homie Kevin Bryant. Uh, he was my former supervisor at Uncommon Schools and yeah. like definitely one of the homies. And I, when I first started with Uncommon, we was just walking around New York City, just chopping it up, talking. And, you know, he turned to me and he was like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, yeah, yeah. right? Because you're swimming with the sharks. And that's, I tell everybody the same thing. I love Philly, you see it. I keep yeah. it on me like yeah. it's nothing. Um, you know, Philadelphia is my home and where my heart is yeah. for sure. But New York City <laughs> is a different beast, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. right? And so, you know, shouts out to all the homies still in New York, man. Shouts out to everybody still mm -hmm. getting busy in the city. Um, and yeah, you, my man's on his way, yeah, right? Yeah, so y'all yeah. better get out the way, because my man's on his way, he <laughs> oh, about man. to get right. Oh, man. Um, you know, but yeah, so what is your motivation, though, Don, right? Like you, at 26, have done a lot, mm. right? Like you've done more than I have at 36, realistically. Oh, man, no. um, as far as, like, yeah. on-paper accomplishments, at yeah, least, yeah, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, let, let's not, you know, I'm gonna give you your flowers, bro, because oh, you're a hard-working man. And so, it, you know, but what motivates you, though, right? Like, I feel as though you could move out of the nonprofit space, really into any space that you want to. You could, mm -hmm. you could exist in any space that you want yeah, to, yeah. but you stay so committed to being an integral part of your community. Yeah, yeah. And showing kids from the community where you came from, or kids that look like you, yeah. that yo, it's possible. Yeah, right, yeah. like where you started is not where you've ended. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, what is your motivation, man? Like, what's your intrinsic why? Why do you go so hard the way that you do? Uh, I just think it's, it's a part of who we are as black folks. Yeah. Um, you know, not even just in a in a sense where we were toiling somebody's fields, but it's because, you know, everything started from a black man and woman. You know what I mean? So Africa kind of like was the 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 basis of all all creation. Um, so I think that that 
has been passed down generation to generation, um, you know, through families and through my lineage, you know, to the kind of like to me where I'm like, hey, like I need to work hard because, you know, that's just what you do. Yeah. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, explain it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's a really hard question. What motivates me? I think every day I get up um, and just wanting to be a better person, a better version of myself. Yeah. Um, because I've seen so many di different lows. You know, I'm not saying I had the worst life. You know what I mean? I had the most, uh, ex you know, challenging experiences. But I have seen a lot. Um, and I have, you know, and I have seen other people that could, like, be motivated. Yeah. Um, to be successful. Um, so, I, you know, when I'm working in these communities, I see a lot of young men, a lot of young women um, that I see their potential as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, it's not one person that I can come across and not see that they can be very successful. Um, so, you know, being a teacher, you know, working in community organizing spaces, moving into policy, um, I think I'm doing it for the people that look like me um, and ultimately probably, you know, maybe uh, my future children yeah. as well, showing them what's possible because, you know, we started a couple steps behind. Right. Um, and, you know, so I think you know, in one of the in most interesting spaces, a lot of people say, hey, what's your motivation? Or, uh, I oftentimes say I came out the womb suffering from withdrawal. I've right. been a fighter since birth. Um, you know, there's no other way to put it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, that's really where it comes from. And so, you know, to kind of stay in this lane, and maybe you haven't thought too, too much about it because you're still relatively young. Yeah, yeah. But, like, talk to us about, like, you know, what kind of legacy you see yourself leaving behind like you know what do you want people to remember you for yeah uh this is a song from j cole i don't even know what the song is but you no, know what i'm talking about oh man you don't rock with j cole oh man why, why is that uh man that's a whole different yeah, podcast respect to yeah. j cole like yeah. I, I respect the music i just never got into his music though yeah so like legacy is not something i've thought about i'll be honest with you okay. like too much um i just want to make sure that there's somebody that can say while i'm living that, I, that you know their life was better because of some of my efforts or mm. some of, something that I did made their life easier. I don't know what, what's going to happen after I leave this earth yeah. or anything like that or what's going to go on, but I think that while I'm here, I want to make sure that somebody else can smile and say, hey, Don, help me with this, or Don was able to see potential in me, and that's why I'm here today. Yeah. Um, you know, also because there's a lot of young, young guys and a lot of young girls in the community that we live in that uh, can say thank you to somebody that I know yeah. Or, or some of the efforts that we've committed ourselves to. Um, so I think that, you know, I just connected with a mentee yesterday. I, saw, I found a picture of him with his mentor, you know, at the Cheesecake Factory. Um, and we just connected. And he's in college. You know, another young man who we worked extensively with, he got promoted in the U.S. Army. Mm. Um, so we have a lot of success stories coming out of, out of our program yeah. that I'm, I'm proud of. And I think that that's the legacy that I leave behind. Whatever they do with their success is ultimately that kind of legacy that kind of trickles down. Yeah. Um. To the uh. You know. Nah. That's a next fact, generation. Bro. I ain't really start thinking about legacy until thirty two. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Right. Like. And I talked to some of my homies. That's roughly my age or a little bit older. Like we all like thirty one, thirty two. Yeah. It kind of clicked for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, you yeah. was like, I'm serious. Like I'm serious now. Like yeah. when I was twenty six, I wasn't doing nothing. I oh, definitely man. wasn't thinking about legacy. Yeah. They might have still been trying to rap back then. I can't even remember. Oh, man. Um. But you know, legacy is definitely important. Um. But it's also evolving, right? Because yeah, like you yeah. know. I think the important piece is what you said is that while you're here, people can attest to the impact that you made. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like I aspire for the same thing. Like I want people to say like, yo, Mal made a positive difference in my mm -hmm. life, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and that's really where this came from, you know, and you mentioned the the protests, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, R.I.P. to both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like all the things that happened like that may for me changed my whole life because yeah. like you know I was trying to be uh, shouts out to Gail and the 4th and John team Mally Prime all y'all boys uh, what up what up but like um, I was I was really uh, Hollywood her too of course but I was I was in that space trying to be an Eagles blogger and I had gotten accepted to Temple's journalism school was like gearing up to go and get my journalism my masters and all of that stuff happened in regards to the protests and I had a moment sitting on my couch at the crib and I was like, none of this means anything mm, to me, Yeah. right? Like this doesn't equate to my legacy at all. Mm. Um, and so then I had to have a hard conversation with myself, like, okay, well then what is your legacy? Mm. Um, and so, you know, anyone that's, that hasn't really started that conversation, that's fine, but at least have some preliminary understanding of what you want people to say while you're here, yeah, yeah. right? And then eventually, you know, that'll build on itself. But I knew, like, I wanted to be able to do something 
that gave back to people and provided motivation. And that's where the third lap came from. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I had thought about the third lap for a while before I even got to it, yeah. maybe like a year before I even started it. And then once the protests and stuff happened, I signed up for the LLC. I started figuring out mm -hmm. the content part. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna drop the first episode on my birthday. Um, and you know, a year and a half later, you yeah, know, yeah. here here we are, yeah. still rocking, yeah. right? Like yeah, evolving. Yeah. We on camera now. We mm -hmm. on video yeah. now. You know what I mean? Stepping it up. Um, and so yeah, legacy will come. But you know, I'm glad that you've already started to kind of lay the foundational pieces to figure out what that'll be. Yeah. And so, you talked about what your motivation is. This segment here is called the motivational thoughts for the people. And so really, man, it's a couple minutes of like, mm -hmm. what would you suggest to people? that are trying to find their path, right? Yeah. That maybe they love something, but have yet to really commit themselves fully to it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you've already started a nonprofit, you're getting your MPA mm -hmm. so that you can move on and move mm -hmm. into bigger spaces yeah, and have yeah. a larger impact on the community and on the world. You know, what would you suggest to people that are trying to find their way? Yeah, yeah, and I think th that's a great question. Uh, exactly what you did, you know, service plus passion equals purpose. Um, you know, I think that that's something I, you know, I kind of figured out or like wrote I wrote that equation uh, when I was like 23 years old and I said, right. you know, service plus passion equals purpose. Whatever it is that you are passionate about that you love to do, whether it's music, whether it's sports, whether it's just raising your children, right. if you combine that with purpose, right, um, or service and being able to serve other people, right. you'll ultimately find your purpose or one of your purposes. Um, so when I think about what Mal did with the Third Lap Podcast or what, I, what my team did with Don Cares of Philadelphia Incorporated, I think that when we think about that, we had a passion for mentorship, we had a passion for writing, we had a passion for media uh, studies and production. And when you think about that, we were able to serve the people. We found one of our many purposes that can lead to a legacy um, that other people can be, you know, proud of. When we think about who Ma was and who Don was, um, you know, a hundred years from now, um, ultimately. So I think that that's what I would say to people: if you're looking for that passion. You don't need to brainstorm 100 years, 100 nights, 40 years, 40 nights, whatever it is. Um, you know, ultimately just combine something you love, you know, whether it's, you know, helping your neighbor down the street with, you know, with passion, and you'll ultimately find that purpose that you were looking for. I love it. Hit us with that equation again. Uh, service plus passion equals purpose. Service plus passion equals purpose. Yeah. I love it, and I hate algebra. Oh, I, like yeah, exactly. a, I like that. Yeah, I like that equation, yeah. and, and that's real, man. You know. I think that a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah. to figure it out. And like, I see the kids coming out of high school, going to college, and you're supposed to have it figured out, right? Yeah. And like young boys and some of my young women, you know, hit me and be like, I can't, I, I'm lost. You're supposed to be lost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And like, that's the crazy thing to me yeah. about college and college debt yeah. is that yeah. we 18 making choices that affect us well into our 30s, 40s, maybe the rest of our yeah, lives, exactly. right? And so, you know, I think that it's important what you mentioned is that, you know, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you enjoy doing? Yeah, yeah. Start small. Yeah. Do something small. Like, yo, like you said, I, I love kids. Yeah. All right, well, what about kids? You, like, write you a little book, a yeah. little short story. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Something yeah, cool, yeah. right? Like, you like multi multimedia. Mm -hmm. copy a I had to buy a camera. Like, yeah. I had to cop a camera. I had to buy a membership here at Rec Philly. Like, yeah. you know, but in the end of the day, those are all deposits in the bank that ultimately lead to a bigger outcome, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you had to sacrifice so much for Don Cares, yeah, yeah. Uh, social life in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even other opportunities that might have paid you when you wasn't getting paid. Yeah. But in the, in, the, in the end of the day, you knew what your passion was, you knew what your motivation was, yeah. and you stuck to it, and I commend you for that, man. Mm -hmm. So anybody yeah. listening, you know, start small. It don't gotta be some huge jump, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you enjoy, you enjoy investments, look at some crypto, get you $10 mm -hmm. in some crypto, yeah. right? Yeah. Start yeah. small, you know, you probably lose your whole $10 because crypto going bananas right now, <laughs> but you know, make sure that you start small, get some momentum going, and then build on top of it, but you know, Love what you do and do what you love, man. Again, it's back to joy, yeah, right? Like, yeah. we deserve to be joyful in our lives. And you may not find joy working for somebody nine to five, but as soon as five o'clock hit at 501, so when you go to sleep that night, what you doing for yourself, what you doing for your family, what you doing for your community in a yeah. lot of ways, man. Um, and so, yeah, Donna, I love that, the 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 algorithm, you know, that, that you put together there. And so, 
books are a big part of like this podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. I have a, in full transparency, I have not updated that book list in forever because there's like 100 books up there. So if yeah. y'all run through the 100 books, hit me, I'll give you some more books. But yeah. until y'all get through the 100, I'm not adding no more books. There's 100 yeah. books up there. But every episode, I ask people, you know, what books have they connected with or interacted with that were, you know, transformational for them. Um, if it's not a book, if it's an audio book, yeah. if it's something you watched on YouTube, YouTube yeah. University, um, you know, whatever it is. But like, as you've developed and grown as a person, you know, yeah. where have you gone in regards to resources to help you get better? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I know it's a little controversial, but when I was in eighth grade, you know, this was before, you know, he kind of went on a tangent politically, um, but Dr. Benjamin Carson, Okay. Um, so Dr. Ben Carson was a, uh, a, you know, a brain surgeon who separated the first conjoined twins at the head um, back in the, the 80s or the 90s, I do believe. Yeah. Um, but he, he wrote a book called Gifted Hands. Mm -hmm. And something about Dr. Ben Carson that resonated with me is what, because when I was in eighth grade, I had a lot of behavior issues, a lot of anger issues, a lot of unresolved trauma. Yeah. And, and the same thing was for Dr. Ben Carson. Mm. You know, there was a time when, I'll never forget it in his book, Gifted Hands, you know, he wasn't always a successful young man going to medical school, John Hopkins University, um, working in John Hopkins Hospital. Um, you know, he was somebody that was challenged very much so a lot of the young men in our communities. Um, and there was one time when he had anger issues and there was a, uh, somebody at his school that ticked him off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ultimately, and he had a knife in his, and he had a knife in his bag and, and it was a, 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 like one of those like, Boy Scout knives and he and he tried to stab the young guy, um, you know, in his, in his abdomen. Mm. Um, the only thing that saved the young guy from being stabbed was his belt buckle. Wow! And after Shh. that, you know, ben, uh, ben Carson at the time he ran all the way home, you know, and he s sat in the bathroom and cried um, for hours. You know what I mean? Because he had these these anger issues that he couldn't really resolve. Um, and ultimately, you know, he prayed prayed about it, and ultimately, years later, he became very successful. But he had faith. And you know his mother working hard, who had a third grade education. Mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. And never, never stopped investing in him. You know right. what I mean. Um, so when I think about that in his book, Gifted Hands, that was a book that I read in eighth grade because I had you know a lot of different challenges as well, and I was trying to find a way to get out of that. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the first books that transformed my life. The second book that transformed my life. I mean, a lot of people that I that I know say stuff about you know the autobiography of Malcolm X, which is a great book. But the book that changed my life was a book that one of my mentors gave me um, before I went off to college. You know, my mentor right now, he's a currently a dentist. He's a graduate from Temple Kornberg School of Dentistry. Nice. Um, and he's from North Philadelphia, 19th and Venango. Okay. You know, in the Erie section. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, when you think about that, he gave me a book called, uh, what's it called? Build Brother Build by Reverend Leon H. Sullivan. Reverend Leon H. Sullivan was a minister. Um, he was an activist. He was a civil rights activist. And he was also a businessman, but he created the first black-owned, black-run shopping center in America called Progress Plaza, uh. right behind Temple University's Morgan Hall. That was the first black-owned, black-run uh, shopping center in America, right uh. there um, in North Philadelphia, uh, between Jefferson Streets and Cecil B. Moore. Um, so that book ultimately changed my life because he founded an organization called OIC, yep. Opportunities, Industrialization, Opportunities Industrialization Center. That, that gave thousands of black people jobs in the 60s. Yep. Um, he was somebody that was a very influential figure, and I read his book and it changed my life um, because I realized that there was something that I, I wanted to do, and there was something I wanted to do on behalf of the people, and that motivated me because, I, you know, growing up, I was a member of Zion Baptist Church, um, the church that he was a pastor at, uh. and that's all we heard was Reverend Leonie Sullivan, Dr. Sullivan, um, so I learned a lot from him growing up, and that legacy um, ultimately inspired me to give back in my own community. Yeah, nah, that's dope, man. And definitely shouts out to your mentor for hitting you with that book, you know, because it clearly helped to transform how you thought about your own purpose and contributions to your community. Um, and so anything like entertainment-wise you watching on TV, anything you enjoying, you know, maybe you, you binge watching something, yeah. anything yeah. you enjoying on that on that tip? Yeah, so I'm, I'm because I'm big on New York, um, I'm watching a lot of New York vlogs. Yes, um, sir. You know, so like a lot of like people just walking around the city, you know, just exploring different parts of the city. I'm getting acclimated to the, the different eating uh, eateries. 
um, things like that before I slide up there in the two years. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way there. So, I mean, I'm coming. So Man, listen, I'm going to have to get you up there, bro, because I got to really take you around, like, around. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure the vloggers do a good job, but, yeah. like, I got to take you past a lot of the homies and, and introduce you to some folks up there yeah. that's already in the work and, and doing major things yeah. in the city um, that could ho hopefully help you in your transition. Yeah. And, you know, I'm big. I'm fat now, man. Y'all knew me when I was skinny, oh, you man. know what I mean? But I, I put the weight on because I've been eating. So you're talking about eating. Yeah. I got to eat an establishment. So yeah. we're going to find a time when it get nice. We're going to slide up to the city for like a day trip yeah. Yeah. Um, and just go politic, man, and, and run around the city a little bit. Y'all see, yeah, see the video because I'm going to have the camera with me. So we be chilling out there doing the thing. Right. Um, but yeah, man, you know, because you also need something that's going to relax you, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it can't always be heady and mental. Sometimes you just got to chill and be able to relax and enjoy yourself again and find that joy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, bro, we, we here towards the tail end. I appreciate you yeah. running a lot with me, my yeah. boy. You know what I mean? We did that. Um, and so, you know, if people wanted to interact with you on social media, follow you, connect with Don Cares, or really learn more information about the work that you're doing, where can people find you? Yeah, so you, uh, you can look us up on uh, Facebook at Don Cares of Philadelphia. Um, just spell it out, D-O-N-C-A-R-E-S of Philadelphia. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Don, D-O-N, uh, Cares of Phila, P-H-I-L-A, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely, bro. And so, yeah, we like I said, we made it to the end. Any last things you want to share before we sign out? I mean, you have any uh, questions you want to ask, kind of prove, because I'm, I'm good. Nah, no real questions. I feel like we, we got a chance to really get into, you know, a lot of your backstory. And that's why I really wanted to do this, right? It's because, like, like you mentioned, you know, LinkedIn is great about showing the accomplishments. Exactly. But the third lap exists because it's important to show. We see the 10,000 hours, yeah, exactly. right? We yeah. see when you hit your success, you done yeah. won your championship, yeah. you're doing it big, you know. But the third lap is about what happened leading up to the success yeah. because in the end of the day man you know we we could turn on anything and see success yeah, exactly. right like everybody posturing on instagram everybody yeah. fronting yeah, yeah, you know yeah. nobody show you them down bad the yeah. important part is that we get a chance to see yo you was down bad yeah. but you bounce back exactly. yeah. right yeah. trials tribulations triumph bro you know yeah. like yeah. that's the the three t's man it's important that that story be told. So nah, man, I feel like your story was told. Um, and you know, the best part of your story is that it's still ongoing. Yeah, yeah. That like you have so many more things to accomplish. Um, I'm excited for what's next for you, especially when you get to, you know, you finish at Fells, you're able to transition your way to New York City. New York City, watch out, this young, he is shark, bro. He is shark, don't let him fool you. My man is hungry for it, he wanted, you know, and, and you out here getting everything that you deserve, bro. Um, and so I'm happy for that. And so, yeah, nah, no other questions. Um, you know, as always, man, I'm glad that, you know, folks continue to tune in. You can watch me on video now, shaved and stuff. And, you know, we got videos for you. Um, and so, you know, the brand is evolving. Things are changing. And, yeah, man, you know, it's only going up from here. So thank you, as always, for listening. I'm your host, Mal Davis. I do a terrible job of doing that. But, yeah, I'm Mal. Um, and not Maul. It's not Jamal. You know what I mean? Malcolm, Mal Davis. Uh, and this is another episode of the Third Lap Podcast. Each one, teach one. We all in together. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Third Lap Podcast. This is your host, Mal Davis. Please visit thethirdlappodcast.com for more information about the podcast, about our guests, and also to see our reading list. You can find us at the Third Lap Podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook, at Third Lap on Twitter, and at Third underscore Lap underscore Podcast on Instagram. If you know anyone that would be great to be featured on this show, please reach out to our host, Mal Davis. He's always looking for interesting people to learn more about them and to talk about their pathway. Thank you so much again. Have a good one.